Facebook, on church online platform, live stream, in the other venues. Welcome. We are so glad to see you this morning, and thanks for joining us. You know, I wanted to just share a little story from my childhood. Um, when I was growing up, I grew up in Virginia, and um, my parents were Korean, and they had this strong idea and conviction that uh, their daughters should know how to defend themselves. And so they wanted us to take Taekwondo, which is the Korean form of martial arts. Uh, I grew up in Virginia, and there was this commercial that was always on TV. It was for Junri self-defense. Uh, have you ever heard of it? Probably not if you're not from Virginia, but uh, there's this part like, nobody bothers me, <laughs> nobody bothers me. And I'm like, yeah, but I would watch that video, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want anyone to bother me, nobody bother me either, right? And so um, I, my parents, we finally uh, decided to take the Taekwondo. I was a teenager at that point, but the problem was I could never break the board. If you know Taekwondo, you know that that is Taekwondo uh, day one. <laughs> like little five-year-old kids with their teeny tiny little hands are like, you know, and they can just break that board. But somehow as a teenager, I could not break that board. So I, I switched directions and I decided, you know what, I'll just be a really fast runner. Uh, if I ever get attacked, I'll just run as fast as I can away from them. The problem is, don't look now, but I have really, really short Korean legs, okay? Don't look, I told you not to look. Okay, so um, I have very, very short legs. And so if you have ever walked with me, you know that I usually have to double my gait to keep up with like the average person. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, I'm married to this guy named John, John Hansen. And it's so funny, because John is daddy long legs. Like his legs are extremely long. He has got a short torso, like this, this much of a torso. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but it's a shorter torso. And taking walks with him is hilarious and challenging all at the same time. But my parents were correct in their conviction that their daughters needed to know how to defend themselves. I think it's true in the physical realm and it's also true in the spiritual realm. We need to know how to defend ourselves. Amen? Amen. Amen. We need to know how to defend ourselves. And so we are going to be learning about spiritual battle. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to go over three verses today starting from verse 10. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so right out of the gate, I'm going to tell you what my main point is today, and it is fight the right fight. Can you say that with me? Fight the right fight. Okay, fight the right fight. Yeah. Okay, so we're in this sermon series all about uh, spiritual battle. It's called the resistance. And I want to just back it up a little bit and talk about being a child of God. Does anyone else love being a child of God? Yes. 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 I love being a child of God. It is the highest privilege of my life. When I was thinking about this yesterday, I started weeping, just so thankful that I get to be a child of God. And uh, being a child of God, I love that my name is written in the book of life. <laughs> my eternal salvation is secure. Thank you, God. I thank you so much, God, that 
my sins are forgiven and that they, uh, my, the full atonement of my sins is made by Jesus and by the blood of Jesus. I never have to work my way out. I never have to do penance. Everything is about the blood of Jesus and what Jesus did for us on the cross. I love being a child of God because of the healing that comes from our Heavenly Father, that I get to live in more and more freedom, more and more victory. I get to live under the abundance of heaven. I get to know God the Father as a Heavenly Father. I mean, the benefits of being a child of God are unlimited. I get to be secure in my identity. I get to stand strong in the Lord and know that God's love for me never changes. It never changes. His love will never decrease. His love will never increase. There's so much blessing in being a child of God. And yet, I have to say and be honest that being a Christian is not a walk in the park. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's not always a walk in the park being a Christian because we are in spiritual battle right? We are in spiritual battle. Did you know that we are not just children of God, but that we are soldiers of Jesus Christ? Did you know that? In 2 Timothy 2, 3, it says we are soldiers of Jesus Christ. Did you know that you signed up for this? You are soldiers of Jesus Christ. Soldiers go to war. Soldiers fight. Soldiers have to face their opponent. This is what we signed up for. As children of God, we are also soldiers for Jesus Christ. And I don't want you to get it twisted. Um, I don't ever want us to come and feel afraid about the enemy because the, the bottom line is Jesus has won the victory. It has been settled. It is complete. Jesus has done it all. And the battle belongs to the Lord. However, we have to acknowledge the fact that we are still in a spiritual battle. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want us to fight the right fight. Say that with me again. Fight the right fight. Right now, there's a lot of fighting happening in this world, right? I mean, it is so spicy right now. There, it, there's, the fighting is everywhere. I mean, I could barely get on Facebook these days because the fighting is so spicy, guys. But I wonder if some of us are fighting the wrong fight right now. And I think God wants to just course correct us today and just get us to focus and to fight the right fight. Okay, so let's go into Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I'm going to just do verse by verse. So verse 10, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Can you just read that with me? It's on the screen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Okay, we are in a spiritual battle right now. And a spiritual battle requires spiritual strength, right? The temptation will be to fight this battle on your own strength. But guess what? Your strength is going to run out. You can't fight this spiritual battle with just willpower. I'm going to, I'm going to do this, right? Because willpower works until it doesn't, (laughs) right? Has anyone ever dieted before? You know, willpower does not work. (laughs) It works for a while and then it doesn't, right? We can't 
fight this spiritual battle on our own. A spiritual battle requires spiritual strength. So my first sub point today under fight the right fight is to get your strength from God. Can you say that with me? Get your strength from God. Get your strength from God. God has all this power for us through Jesus Christ. And it is always available to us. It is always available. That same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us. It is alive in us. We get to live with that resurrection power of Jesus Christ. You know, one of my favorite uh, characters in the Bible is King David. And yeah, yeah, King David. And he was one that knew how to strengthen himself in the Lord. It says in the scripture, I mean, he spent years and years in the fields as a shepherd, pouring out his heart to God, writing songs to the Lord, singing those songs to the Lord, memorizing scripture, uh, really cultivating his love relationship with Jesus, learning how to pray, learning how to lean on God's strength. And then when King David became king, life was not just rosy for him. He actually faced a ton of battles, a ton of attack. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30, it says that at this one point, uh, Saul was trying to kill David. He was out for blood. And at the same time, there were all these other enemies that were coming against David as well. And so David and his men, they were coming back from somewhere and they came back to Ziklag to find that everything had been destroyed by the Amalekites. Everything had been burned to the ground. All their people had been taken, all their wives, all their children, all their young, all their old, everything was taken. And so David is having a bad day, right? I mean, he's having a bad, and then it gets worse because his men who were with him start to grumble and say to themselves, let's stone this guy. Let's, let's stone this guy. This is what we get for following him. And so in verse, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, it says this. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, right? At that moment when everything was going wrong in David's life, you know what he could have done? He could have raised his fist at God and said, God, how could you let this happen to me? I'm fighting these wars for you. I'm going to battle. I followed you all the days of my life and this is how you repay me, God? And he could have taken up a spirit of offense against God Almighty, right? And it would have been very understandable if he did, right? But instead, David knew how to strengthen himself in the Lord. And instead of getting offended and pulling away from God, he leaned into the Lord and he strengthened himself in the Lord, pouring out his grief, God, I, my soul is overwhelmed. God, what do I do? God, I need your strength. God, the enemies are attacking me. You could read all of his stories in, in the Psalms. Most of them were written by David. He's pouring out his grief to the Lord and then listening and asking God, God, should I go after my enemies? What should I do? Should I attack them? And God answers David and says, yes, go attack them. And he goes and he defeats his enemy. That's what we need to do. We need to know how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. This is a spiritual battle 
And we need spiritual strength for our spiritual battle. There will be so much of a temptation to fight these spiritual battles on our own. And I'll tell you an honest story from yesterday. So, you know, I don't preach that much, and when I do, it stresses me out to no end. So, I, so Saturday, I normally have two prayer meetings first thing in the morning. I have a seven o'clock prayer meeting with my prayer team, and then I have a nine o'clock prayer meeting with John on Facebook. And I knew that I had service at six o'clock at night, and I thought to myself, you know what? I do not have time to do those prayer meetings today. I'm gonna skip those prayer meetings. And guess what? Right away I heard the Lord saying, ah, wrong, <laughs> wrong conclusion, <laughs> you know? And, and here's the thing, immediately he convicted my heart about it because what I really wanted to do was obsess over my sermon and spend more time on the computer and work and work and work and maybe do more research and, and tweak my stories and think of something better to say. I wanted to work on this message with my own strength. I'm being honest, right? And what I really needed was I needed to strengthen myself in the Lord, right? I needed to spend time in prayer. I needed to spend time pouring out my heart to God. I needed to spend time worshiping my beautiful Father. I needed to spend time honoring who he is and asking for his strength and receiving his strength. I needed to strengthen myself in the Lord. I needed to catch his heart for the weekend. Instead of coming up with my own ideas, I needed to catch his heart. God, what is it that you wanna say this weekend? What is it that is on your heart for the weekend? And I needed to strengthen myself in the Lord. Get your strength from God. Fight the temptation to do this on your own strength. Fight. Fight the temptation. This is a spiritual battle. We need spiritual strength. So fight the right fight and get your strength from God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go back into Ephesians. Ephesians 6, 10, and 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So we have to fight the right fight. We have to get our strength from God and we have to put on that full armor of God. And I'm not gonna go all into the full armor of God because actually Donovan is gonna be speaking about the full armor of God next week and so I'm not gonna steal his thunder right now. <laughs> but um, so. But I do wanna say that we need to put on Christ. We need to put on Christ to take our stand against the devil's schemes. Romans 13, 14, it's gonna be up on the screens. I'm gonna have you read it with me right now. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Okay, we have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you're a little kid, you have to teach little kids how to put on their clothes. Uh, there's this little song like, this is how we put on our shirt, put on our pants, put on our shirt. You know, this is how we put on our shirt. We get dressed every day, right? And in the same way, you have to put on Christ. 
Yeah, to put on Christ every day. You know, those clothes, they don't just jump on my body. I have to take intentional action to put those clothes on my body. And so do you. And we have to do the same with Christ. We have to put on Christ every day. Donovan will talk about the armor of God, but you know what? The armor of God is connected to the person of Jesus Christ. We have to put on Christ every single day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears for a second. Have you guys ever played a uh, thumb war? Yes. No? Yeah? Is it fun? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's fun, actually. Uh, I, can't, I don't think we can do it right now because of, you know, whatever. Okay, but did you know that people are very serious about thumb wars? Very, very serious. Okay, that actually there is a world thumb wrestling championship in Suffolk, England. Yes, there is a world thumb wrestling championship. They use this professional thumb ring, right? There are all these rules and regulations. You have 60 seconds to pin your opponent. It's best, best of two, two out of three. Uh, there are all these rules, and people are very serious. Let me show you the next thing. As soon as you say, and if you know it, you can say it with me, one, two, three, four, I declare thumb war, then it is on, baby. Okay, it is on. And your opponent is going to take you down. I've never been to the World Thumb Wrestling uh, Championship, but I have had my own share of thumb wrestling, right? And I have to say, I've been shocked. Every time I play thumb war, I'm shocked how the most like docile, gentle person will become ferocious, right? To try and take you down in a thumb wrestling war. And in just the same way, I thought to myself, we have to be that ferocious against our enemy, guys. We have to take our stand, right? We have to get ferocious. One, two, three, four, I declare thumb war, boom, it's on, right? We've got to do that, and we have to stand firm in Christ against our opponents. So my next point is this. After you fight the right fight, get your strength from God and stand firm in Christ, Stand firm in Christ. Say that with me. Stand firm in Christ. Romans 13, 14. We're putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're making no provision for our flesh. But when you put him on, don't, don't take him off again, right? Keep him on. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and keep him on. Stand firm in Christ. The problem is, guys, there, a lot of us, we don't want to stand firm in Christ, we don't want to stand firm in Christ. We're too wishy-washy, right? We're too soft with ourselves. We're too jiggly-wiggly, right? We just go back and forth. We're like, yeah, we're like, oh, you know, I like Jesus on Sundays, and I don't know, I need a vacation this week. I need to, like, put that away for a while, and I just need to have some fun. I mean, everyone's doing it, and it doesn't seem to be getting them in trouble, right? I mean, you know, I'm just doing this for me right now. God will understand me. And all these, like, tiny, teeny, tiny little compromises will open up a portal of hell in our lives. And we end up having these partnerships with the devil that we are just wondering, when did that happen? How did that happen? It comes through the teeny tiny little compromises, the teeny tiny little choices that just bust open this portal of hell in your life. That's why it says, stand, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Let me pose this question to you. What if there was a U.S. soldier, right? U.S. soldier deployed to the Middle East, right? And he is fighting Al-Qaeda. 
And he wakes up that day, he gets his gear on, he goes out to the fields or wherever he is, and he thinks to himself, like, do I want to be against Al-Qaeda today? Or do I want to, mm, just a tiny little partnership, you know, just a tiny little. That would not make any sense. That, that would be a total betrayal. That's actually called treason, right? And somehow we're committing spiritual treason by opening up little provisions for the flesh, letting, the, letting Satan get in just a little bit, just a little bit, right? And we need to know how dangerous and deadly it is. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for your flesh. Stand firm in Christ. Stand firm in Christ. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, back to our passage. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, okay? And so we're gonna fight the right fight, we're gonna get our strength from God, we're gonna stand firm in Christ, and then finally we are going to recognize the real enemy. Can you say that with me? Recognize the real enemy. Okay, this is what we need. We need to recognize the real enemy. And I have a news flash for you today. Your brother is not your real enemy, right? Your husband, your spouse is not your real enemy. The police are not your real enemy, right? Even the president, he is not your real enemy, right? Your, the person on Facebook who just ticked you off is not your real enemy, right? These are not your real enemies. You have a real enemy, and Satan is his name right? And he hates you. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy the work of God in you. And that is your real enemy. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. And so I'm going to go over this little structure, this, this structure of demonic principalities in verse 12. But I want to preface it by saying, you need to know that you're on the winning side with Jesus, right? And so as much as I'm gonna talk about this demonic stuff right now, there is a heavenly structure, there is a heavenly army, there is a heavenly government, and you need to know that you are covered, that there's no contest. Those who are, God who is in me is greater than the one who's in the world, amen? That never changes. He who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So let that be your starting point. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, okay? But let me just explain how the enemy works against you. So just like we have this heavenly uh, government, just like we have this heavenly army, Satan also has his uh, demonic government and demonic army against us. And so that's what verse 12 is about. So we start with the rulers and the authorities, right? Okay, the rulers and the authorities. And these are principality spirits, principalities. And these are the high-ranking demonic forces that rule over different regions. They rule over states. They rule over countries. They rule over territories. They rule over cities, right? And these are like, um, like the 
a heavenly equivalent of archangels, but in the demonic realm. These are the authorities and the rulers. The rulers are higher. In my childish analogy, the rulers would be like the kings and the, the um, presidents, and the authorities would be like the police, the lawyers, the judges, like the ones in authority, like you could understand. And then we have the powers of this dark world. The powers are under the rulers and the authorities, but they work with the, the principalities, the rulers and the authorities. And they, they're like a broadcast in a certain region. They, it's like the airwaves, and they broadcast a certain um, brand of evil um, in a specific area, in a specific region. So we have a power in Marietta. We, there's a power in LA. There's powers in San Francisco. And it, it, my analogy, it's like the media you know, it's like the, the radio waves that go into that area. It's so common. You don't even know that it's uncommon for other areas, but it's common for your area. And then the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms, that is just like the, the um, what was I going to say? It's like the, the battle that's not of this world. The spiritual forces of evil. So it's not of this world. It's in the heavenly realms. The, so, excuse me. So, okay, let me explain like the three heavens, and you don't really need to know this. I'm just explaining so you're just aware. The first heaven is the atmospheric heaven. So that's like the sky that you see outside. It's blue outside. That's the first heaven. The third heaven is our eternal resting place with the Lord, the glory of God, where we imagine uh, we're gonna go after we pass away. That's the third heaven. But the second heaven is the heavenly realm of Ephesians 6.12, where they're talking about, um, the spiritual battle that's waging back and forth with the principalities, the authorities, the powers, all that stuff is happening in the second realm. And as you learn all of this stuff, aren't you shocked at how organized and structured the enemy is? Wow, there is a whole demonic government and demonic um, army that is working against us, right? Because the devil hates us, right? We are children of God. We look like God. We are made in the image of God. That means you, you take after the Lord Jesus, right? So the devil hates that. He hates that you're covered in the blood of Jesus, right? So he wants to take you down. But listen, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Don't get it twisted. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against this invisible foe, against this ancient foe who is so stunning, who is so stealthy. And you know what one of his worst tricks is? He gets us to believe that he doesn't exist, right? He gets us to believe, no, it's all about my husband, right? Okay, I'm going to be honest. World War III almost broke out in our house last night. Right? Okay, so what happened is I came home after giving the message, and this has been a spiritual warfare week for me because I'm talking on spiritual warfare, right? And I come home last night feeling kind of like bad, or, you know, feeling, oh, I don't know if I did a good job, you know, I don't know, I, I don't know, right? And I come home and I usually lean on my husband to give me encouragement, right? Which he normally does. So I, I come home, I'm like, hey, babe, how did I do? Like, what'd you think of the message? He's like, oh, you did good, but um, I think you should change this. Like, what you had early in the week was better. And if you change that middle part and then you do this, and, and, and I also think that if you said this, and I'm like, whoa, my head is spinning. He's just going at it, just telling me all these things that I need to change in my message. And I'm like, 
uh, um, you know, okay, I'm gonna go upstairs and work on my message. And I just went upstairs and I started like stewing. You know what I mean? I started going, how dare he? How dare he say that stuff to me? Doesn't he know I worked my tail off this week? Doesn't he know I studied so much? Doesn't he know I prayed? I asked God about what to say. And, and you know, I just started getting offended by John Hansen, right? I started thinking like, how rude, how rude, how mean. I'm like vulnerable and instead of like encouraging me, he just like, boom, 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 you know, just telling me all the things that I needed to do to make it better and it's Saturday night and I have like 12 hours before I had to do it again and anyway so I started getting like really upset and um, another thing to note is that my husband last night had terrible pain last night and some of you know but he had a proton therapy in I think it was February and March to um, get rid of the, uh, to shrink down the tumors that he has in his body and, um, and it really has done um, a work to really decrease his pain over the last couple months but last night, it was almost like he had never had proton therapy, and his pain was just like firing off in his like, you know, um, his butt area, and, um, and he was just like, it was like he was being whipped, you know, down there, and he was like, ah, ah, you know, and it was just crazy, right? And I, I honestly, I went to bed kind of like, hmm, I'm kind of upset with my husband. Sorry you're in pain, bye, you know? And, and when I woke up in the morning, the Lord was telling me, your struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your husband is not your enemy. Can you see the scheme of the devil to take you down, right? Can you see who is behind all the offense in your heart right now? Instead of looking at my husband and calling, you know, you're the one to blame, you're the one to blame, we need to be asking each other, who is behind all this chaos right now? Who is behind all of this criticism in my house right now? Who is behind all this judgment right now? Who is behind all this offense right now? Who is behind all of this division right now? And he has a name, his name is not John Hansen. It is Satan, right? R recognize the right enemy. Recognize the right enemy. Amen? Amen? Amen, we've got to fight the right fight. We have to get our strength from God. We have to stand firm in Christ. And we have to recognize the real enemy. Can you pray with me? Yeah. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you are King Jesus. You are Lord over my life. You are Lord over Center Point. You are Lord over all of us in this room. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that when I get caught up in the schemes of the enemy, Lord, that you come with your spirit of truth and you set me free, God. And I just declare that over all the people who are in this venue, all the people who are online, all the people who are in the other venues, God, that you would set us free from the schemes of the devil, that you would give us the strength to go in your strength of Jesus Christ, that we would fight this spiritual battle with spiritual strength, Lord, that you would help us to stand firm in Christ, that we would not give in to the schemes of the devil, Lord, that you would help us to close all the little doors of compromise so that we could um, be protected, Lord, that we would not open all those portals of hell. God, protect us, Lord. Forgive us for where we have gone wrong, God. I'm asking, Lord, that you would just... Um, Create in us a new heart, a clean heart, Jesus. If there's anyone 
online, anyone in this room, anyone who needs to recommit their lives to Jesus, anyone who needs to say yes to Jesus, anyone who needs to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, pray with me right now. You can raise your hand. The prayer team will be with you. You can go outside. You can um, put it in the comments. We have prayer team online. We have prayer team in person. Pray with me right now. Jesus, I confess my need for you. Jesus, I confess I need you to make me clean. I need you. I need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I need the power of Jesus in my, in my life. I need that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. I need Jesus in my life. I need his blood to set me free. I need his blood to cleanse me. I need his presence in my life to guide me. Lord, help. I need you. I surrender my life to you. I acknowledge I, my need for you, my desperate need for you, God. Make wrong things right in our lives, Jesus. We invite the justice of God, the mishpat justice of God to be released in our lives, God. We need you. We need you, God. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. We need you in so many ways, God. Come have your way in us. Come have your ways in us, God. We're done with all of our own fighting, God. We, we choose to be peacemakers. <laughs> We choose to bring the peace. We choose to bring the joy. We choose to bring the truth. We choose to bring the love. We choose to bring the forgiveness. What you've created us to do, what you've destined us to do as your children. God, we say yes to your plans and purposes for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I bless you guys today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. bless you guys to be the people of God that you are created to be. You are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You are more than conquerors. Do not allow your, yourself to be harassed by that enemy. I don't want to talk about him anymore. I want to talk about our Jesus. I bless you to be image bearers today, to walk in the likeness of your Father today. I bless you to be full of hope that you would trust God Almighty that you would surrender everything that feels unfair, everything that feels not right, everything that feels unseen, that you would surrender that to the Lord today and that you would trust him and that you would walk in his ways. Bring the peace everywhere you go today. I really believe that's from the Lord, that you are supposed to bring the peace today. Bring the peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you.